0: to the A to Z Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alec.
1: And I'm Zach.
0: And today we're going to talk about an older-ish movie that came out last year called The Tenant by Christopher Nolan. Um, but before we get into that, Zach, how have you been?
1: Pretty good. I had a good three-day weekend because of 4th of July. So it was nice to celebrate that. Uh, and then, you know, a short week this week. So four-day weeks are always nice. Already almost Friday. And I mean, feels like almost no time has passed at all. But yeah, had our usual uh, Thursday basketball, had some gym time afterward. So, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty whooped, <laughs> I would say today. But yeah. overall, you know, I've, I've had a pretty good week. How about you?
0: Uh, sounds great. Um, I've had a pretty, pretty good last couple of weeks. Um, we took a break last week. I was at home uh, visiting my family and Sam. And so it was really good. Got a nice relaxing time, but now I'm back home here and just relaxing hanging out and excited because monster hunter stories comes out tonight mm-hmm. or technically tomorrow, but it comes out probably like at 10 PM. So I'll be playing that.
1: Yep. I'll have to check that out. I don't still don't know much about it, but I'll have to go maybe take a look, watch some YouTube previews or gameplay or something.
0: Yeah. There's a free demo and your data transfers over to the full games.
1: Cool. Yeah. I'll look into yeah. that as well.
2: <clears throat> yes.
0: All right. Well, Let's let's talk about The Tenant. Okay, so this movie what came out back in like December ish? No, no, no. It was the summer last year. Yeah, 2020? it was. It
1: was like the only quote unquote summer blockbuster of twenty twenty because obvious reasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Nolan really wanted this film to be in the theaters because I guess it needed to be like this big blockbuster cinematic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So. Well, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough, depending on who you are to see it in theaters. Um, so I have that perspective. I, I actually went to the theaters at the time and, you know, took that, um, uh, that challenge or that, um, uh, that, that risk of going out during the pandemic for, yeah. um, to watch this movie. Cause uh, I really wanted to see it. And the biggest reason though, is, uh, you know, to support our friend, our friend, cat who worked on the film, right? So shout out to cat
1: yep i had to uh make sure that i looked through all the names on the credits i stood there with like my eyes peeled like staring straight at the screen trying to find her name and eventually kayla and i found it and we paused it and we're like oh there she is
0: <laughs> her so. name's like the first name it's like on the top under I, I don't know what it was it was like a couple columns and her name was like right there yeah um yeah i waited in the credits too in the theater and i was like i gotta see your name i gotta see your name I was like Catherine and I was like, there she is. And I have to get my phone and like take a photo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like this blurry photo, but it's so funny. But I really wanted to see her name because, you know, she's our good friend. But seeing it in theaters and seeing her finally like be accredited somewhere, that was pretty cool.
1: (laughs) That's crazy. I mean, out of I don't know how many people worked on this movie, probably a thousand, two thousand something. But she was one of the only, let's say, a thousand people in the world that worked on this movie. So. Congrats to her. Yeah, it's pretty big. And it's a
0: big film, you know. And some people say this is like their favorite movie, and others say they hate this movie. But yeah, <laughs> we'll talk more. We'll talk more about that in a second. But um, uh, I think uh, one of the biggest, biggest like issues, I guess, from the movie was like the audio sounded very quiet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um even in the theater, it was like, you know, I could some of the parts I was like, I can't really understand what they're saying, and I feel like that's like a big big like a mess up point because if you can't hear the dialogue like it's already kind of convoluted the way it is the way the story's going because it has to do with time travel right so if you can't hear like all these important plot points from the dialogue then it gets pretty muddy what's going on you know
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i don't
0: know if you had that issue when you were watching it like at home or whatever
1: i i definitely did and i i kind of had like a cinematic experience with watching this movie because i watched it on hbo max And for whatever reason on my television, I can't use subtitles on HBO Max or HBO Max crashes on my TV. It's really frustrating. So I had to watch Tenet without subtitles. And I'm a person that normally watches subtitles whenever I'm
2: watching movies. Obviously, you can't do that at the theater. And I kind of felt your pain because I was watching this movie. is you you really
1: got to keep your ears peeled because the Mm. exposition comes at you fast and there's not much of it so if you don't hear it or like it just goes by too quickly you're very confused as to what's going on and adding to that you know the audio is just muffled sometimes the characters sound like they're mumbling sometimes i feel like the background music or the sounds around them are just too loud and that just adds to the confusing experience this movie was
0: exactly yeah um but i mean if you're paying attention to some like the little details um then it kind of pays out at the end cuz some of the things it's like it was like one of those movies where like i felt like a i felt like i was smart because i could like i feel like i figured it out you know mm-hmm. or something i figured something out right i mean when i got back home i had to like try to like watch a video or something cuz i was like okay well there's plenty that i missed right? right um um but there's some things that i caught like some of the easier things you know like oh that was her on the boat who falls off and it's like her from the past going like She's, fixed, she's seeing herself being envious of herself you know right uh, cat or whatever um like those kind of things are like the little keychain that neil has the whole movie that like symbolizes him like from the very beginning that it was like him in the opera house and now it's him at the end you see because it like shows the keychain or whatever so those are the ones that i caught but then there's like all these like crazy bigger things that i just like wouldn't have known you know like um the name the tenant you know the the palindrome or whatever it's supposed to be right like all these different things i like watch these videos and it's like 40 minute videos of them trying to explain this mm. movie to people
1: yeah there's a lot um, of detail in this video christopher nolan really packed it full of all kinds of mind-bending stuff and even some references uh there was like the Seder stone you probably saw it in some of the videos you watched but mm-hmm. a lot of the names of the locations throughout the movie come from the stone and then obviously Seder is the main antagonist and his name is literally on the stone so of cool how nolan referenced a a real life object that has a lot of palindromes in it
0: yeah um i think my biggest even now because i haven't seen the movie since like last summer or whatever um but my from what i'm trying to remember like my confusion was like the whole like tenant operation and like the protagonist that's like i think his name actually like what they call him yeah they never (laughs) they never
1: say his name at all he's just the protagonist (laughs) he's 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 the self-proclaimed protagonist because you know there's those scenes where he's like i'm the protagonist in this story and stuff like that
0: yeah (laughs) um so whatever so he's the protagonist but um from what i'm getting out of like the movie at the very end like he like becomes like he starts the the whole tenant thing right Mm -hmm. like he's the guy who like starts it and then Brings himself to that point. That that's kind of what I got out of it, but I don't really remember.
2: Yeah, that's like, what, what was your
0: interpretation? Of what it what it was?
2: Essentially,
1: yeah. At the end, Neil tells him, you know, because he's asking like, who found intended Neil's like, you did, and he recruited Neil in the future, we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. So Neil, throughout the movie, is actually future Neil that came back to assist him in this Pincer attack, right, or this Pincer maneuver that they had to do to save the world at this specific point in time and Neil knew that he had to come back and do this, I think because the protagonist had met Neil. I mean, so just to kind of like explain everything in this movie as far as time goes, it operates on this thing called the This Always Happened premise. So everything in the movie, there's no surprises. Uh, If you saw something like in a past scene that comes from like a future scene, it was already there in the past scene. So you're not surprised by anything basically that happens. Everything that came to be had already happened or was always going to happen. And that's one of the premises of Tenet as well. So the protagonist, anyway, he, found, he founds Tenet, and I'm pretty sure he knows he needs to train Neil because he saw Neil in the past, and he needs to make sure that that happens, right? So he trains Neil. Neil has to come back and then assist him. And then at the end of the movie, Neil's like, this is the end of a very long friendship, but you were the one who recruited me. You're the one that founded
2: Tenet. Mm-hmm it's so it's just so like interesting uh neil from the very beginning of the
0: movie um like you said like he has to train him right
2: mm-hmm.
0: or he feels like he needs to so whatever but at the movie like he's already known the protagonist for like basically his whole life
1: right i mean he could have even raised neil because there are some hints and this is i oh, predicted then, this like midway through the movie that the max, max is a kid right yeah Sader and cat's yeah. uh, son is actually neil and a lot of the like analyses that I've seen, cause it never actually says it in the movie, but people basically agree with that assumption. There was even one that said, you know, his name's Maximilian and I guess the Russian spelling, it has like L I E N at the very end and a palindrome of that is Neil. So maybe that's why he mm-hmm. goes by Neil, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's highly suggested in the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, here's um, kind of a point that's just like, um, unrelated to a lot of things though but like the very beginning scene because i remember sitting in the theater and i was like oh i'm excited for this movie and it's like the opera house right
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you have like the whole like little orchestra down there and they're like tuning or whatever and if you look in the back into like the low brass right like they're not using like a concert tuba they're using like a sousaphone interesting <laughs> and that made me so mad i'm like why is this person using a sousaphone <laughs>
1: just band director things
0: (laughs) yeah no no he's like he's wearing his whole like concert outfit they're in like an opera house about to like listen to orchestral music i'm assuming or like an opera or something right regardless of what it is but this guy's out here with like about to play some like you know marching band tunes and
1: it's a small detail but it does always kind of make me a bit angry whenever things like that get put into a movie because someone should have told Nolan, right. Or whoever was setting up the set that, you know, uh, this isn't exactly correct. Someone, someone should have known, I guess with a lot of people that, you know, have always done film for their entire lives, maybe they wouldn't know, but maybe cat should have told him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like one of those things that like take me out, like completely. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe for most people it doesn't because you see like a sousaphone. Like, if it's like it's around somebody, like it's on them, like it's just so weird. Yeah, that's, but, like, that's bizarre. <laughs> and it's also like a bigger instrument too. So, like, when I see that like, in the film and then it's supposed to be this like really dramatic moment and something it's like about to lead up to a bunch of tension. Um, for me, like, I mean, I, I mean, anybody, even if you were just in a band, you know, like a sousaphone, like, sousaphones aren't in orchestras. Like, that's just kind of weird. Like, you don't, most people may not think about that, but for me, it like took me out completely.
2: So right. I was,
1: like,
0: that's such a big thing, and it was like shiny and gold, and like,
1: <laughs> what? Mean, it probably made the scene almost comedic for you if you just focused. It was, on that.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily, it was only in there for like two seconds. You yeah. Really see yeah. it, but but it was like when it panned through the whole thing. That was one of them. Um. But yeah, but the whole like very beginning of the movie anyway was still kind of like, um, it was interesting because you know, he does like, I don't even know what operation he was doing or like what he was beforehand. Like he was like secret, like he was some agent of something or whatever. But I know he like, he, he took that suicide pill and tried to kill himself when he was getting interrogated. Right. Mm-hmm. During like on the train tracks. And then he like wakes up once he gets like all his like facial reconstruction surgery or whatever. And like, um, him killing himself, like proved himself to be able to be competent, to be able to, uh, do this tenant thing. But I don't, Um, My question for you right now is like, do you remember like what he was supposed to be beforehand? Like, what what was he? He was working for the government or something, but
1: yeah, I don't really understand. I didn't really understand that at first either, because you know I had the same feeling as you after the movie ended. I'd I'd been trying to piece things together, and I got like the big general plot, but a big thing for me was like, what even happened at the start of the movie because it didn't seem to really fit in anywhere. And I think he was a CIA operative. That's what one of the videos I watched said, and he was on like Mm -hmm. some kind of sting mission right to go assassinate somebody or to protect the opera one of the two which is still very confusing to me and i'm not sure exactly why he was there uh i don't know why he had to even be tested in that way because if he, if they were recruiting him for tenant they already know that he's going to found tenant but i guess they still had to make sure he proved himself so that it didn't seem like offhand to him for them just to approach him so i don't yeah. know that i think to me, it was like Nolan just wanted to start the movie out with, like, action, like, right in the thick of it. So, <laughs> yeah. that's what it felt like to me. Uh, it's yeah, cool, it's cool It's cool it. that Neil is in that opening sequence, because, you know, it's him with the backpack on. And that's yeah, a, that's a nice thing bit. to, like, think back to once you find out that uh, that that backpack and the little keychain on it does represent Neil. So, that's a cool little thing that Nolan threw in. But, yeah, um, I don't know. the The opening sequence, you could almost just, like, take it out of the movie. You wouldn't lose a whole lot. So... <laughs>
0: Like you just jump it right in where the protagonist is already the tenant guy and he starts his journey and like learning all this stuff. Right. Like the whole beginning probably wasn't too that necessary. No. But maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I could if all these more analytical people may be like this is the perfect intro to this, you know, circular movie. I don't
1: know. <laughs> right. I mean, and uh, on the uh, Seder stone, the opera was on that stone. So maybe Nolan thought he had to throw in some kind of opera to satisfy the conditions of the stone who knows but i mean i'm i'm sure too that someone who's more like analytical or has really you know watched this movie over and over again could tell us why but to me i mean you could probably just take it out
0: yeah there's uh something else i wanted to talk to you about and it just has to do with like movies like this Mm -hmm. where there's like um like to get the full experience it's kind of like you need to rewatch it or like you need to like go back and like really think about it because there's those movies that are like super thought provoking, right? At the very end they get you thinking about something, right? right. And but it, it's like a conclusive story. Like it gives you all of this information. And then at the end you're like, you know, what does this all mean? Like you're doing that way. But this movie's like like you're trying to put the pieces like it's a puzzle, right? And you're trying to figure out all these different things that are happening simultaneously at the same time. And like all our different things that are moving around. Like um and so for some people I feel like they like that kind of stuff. They like going back to it. They like Watching something and like, oh, that was super cool, and I want to go back and try to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And then so that people like the movie. But there's some other people that maybe feel like, you know, I shouldn't have to go back and rewatch the movie to feel like I got everything out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I want to know like kind of where you stand. Like, do you feel like something this like complicated is like entertaining and like makes a good movie, or is it like hinder the movie's experience, or like it's more like subjective, of course? Or like, what do you feel like?
1: Personally, to me uh it was frustrating uh but you also as a caveat you can't really look at this in my mind you can't really look at it as a traditional movie uh because a traditional movie is like a journey and you kind of ride with the the characters on the journey and then it tells like a message and then at the end like you had that sit down you're like huh that was thought-provoking or let me reflect on their journey that was interesting with this like you said it's definitely a puzzle and to me that was frustrating uh Definitely the first hour and a half of the movie, I would say, I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I am not enjoying this movie at all. You're not supposed to understand what's happening, but it's very frustrating. And I'm sure it was frustrating in the theater as well. You're sitting there trying to piece things together and you're not given any information, basically. And you're just like, what is this? You know, you expected this cinematic mm. experience, this story to be told to you. But it's less of a story and more of just these pieces that finally at the end of the, the movie, you can kind of put together like a puzzle. And some would consider that a pretty good payout. And I agree, you know, it was satisfying at the end to sit down and say, "Okay, this happened because of this. That makes sense now. But it did lead to some frustration in the first hour and a half, I would say. Uh, I remember I was watching it with Kalen and we were starting to get a little disinterested in the hour, the first hour and a half. I was I was still trying to stay glued to the screen because I knew like I had heard about this movie because we watched it just a month ago. I heard many people talk about it. I had like seen reviews and I was like, I really got to pay attention so I can understand what's happening but it was very hard to because the exposition was all very rushed. Like you said, the dialogue was very low and then things would just happen. You had to just kind of go with it and just hope that they were explained at the very end of the movie. So it was hard to take it all in and hard to just sit there and enjoy the movie for what it was when you didn't exactly know what it was leading to. But in the end, it kind of redeemed itself in the fact that, you know, you still can have that discussion with someone like you watch the movie and you're like, wow, you know, that was thought provoking. But it's almost like it's thought provoking in a different way. Like, take Mm -hmm. another Nolan movie like Inception. That movie, you could watch it multiple times, but it it less, you'd watch it more than one time just to like soak more of the details in rather than it didn't make sense. Like, with Inception, it's an equally, not equally, it's less complex than Tenet because Tenet, I would say, is by far his most complex movie. But Mm -hmm. it's still complex, Inception, but you still are able to understand what's happening scene by scene. Like, it's a gradual story told. you in a way that you can soak it all in and then at the very end you're like looking back at it and you're like hmm that was very thought provoking i understood the message and maybe i didn't understand it as well as i wish to so i want to watch it again or wow these scenes really jumped out i like these scenes a lot you know with tenet it was just more frustrating and then okay at the end of the movie let me see if i can piece this movie together so i can get a cohesive story out of this movie (laughs) you know what i mean Mm
2: mm-hmm
0: um, I was going to compare this movie to Inception, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but like what year did Inception come out? Because I never watched it in theaters and I really did only seen it once. And mm-hmm. I watched it sometime like off the cuff somewhere. like. And but I, I want to know, like when that movie came out and the kind of reception that it got, because I feel like it's almost similar to this movie. But like you like you said, the way that you've experienced Inception was like like scene by scene, like the progression, of the story made sense to you and you were entertained the whole time because of like what was going on from the story. Like the story was like making sense up to a point rather like in the tenant. It's doesn't make any sense to you for the first hour ish because nothing is supposed to, right? You're not supposed to know anything and all of the like cogs are turning by the time it gets to the end because you're like, Oh, all this is kind of making sense now because the, 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 uh, important pieces of the puzzle are becoming revealed toward the end. But from the first half of the movie, you're just like not knowing anything. You're just as, you know, you're learning everything as the protagonist is learning it, which may be a cool thing, but it's also kind of frustrating. Like you said.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: Inception came out in 2010 and I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. This, this inception is the movie that got me started on like, wow, I, I really am into Nolan films. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it came out in 2010. I saw it in theaters and it was a great experience. Cause like I said, you could just sit through the whole thing and it, and it made sense and you were enthralled by it. Like I remember watching it, I guess I was only 12 years old at the time and it still <laughs> made sense to me, a 12 year old kid. And I was just like mesmerized by what I was seeing on screen. It never like lost my attention at all. Whereas with tenant, because of how confusing it was, it definitely lost my attention a couple of times. I'm sad to say it because I really wanted to pay attention to it. And I love Christopher Nolan as a director, but it did lose my attention. Uh, and as a movie goer, I don't necessarily like that. Uh, the movies I hold in really, really high esteem are the ones that I just can't look away from. Like, it's a transporting experience taking me to another world that I just don't want to leave. But with this, it was yeah. more of, like, I'm scratching my head and really trying to focus, but it's very hard to.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Like, for me, though, when I first watched this movie, like, I thought, I like, I felt like I liked it. Like, I was like, wow, it's kind of cool. Like, because, like, I was kind of into, like, the I want to go home and, like you know figure this out and watch some other people's takes on it and like you know find out what the timeline's at like i was Mm -hmm. i was like into that for a couple of days like i was like thinking about it um but then like i talked to more people and they're like well i just didn't like it i feel like i didn't and i'm like you know i'm like is that am am i liking it for a different reason you know and you know and for me like i'm like in the middle ground for the movie like i i think for the most part i think it's like a pretty pretty cool like work of art, you know, it's like a pretty cool like movie mm-hmm. um for like what it is. Um but like for like the like a m- average movie go or like an average person going into the movie just to see something in the in the cinema or like we're bored so I'm gonna go on HBO Max and click on the tenant because it looks interesting. And then they watch it. They're like, wow, I feel like I just wasted my time. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I could definitely see that happening. And that's why that's what I was thinking after the movie ended too. I was like, I because you know, as as a cinematic experience I didn't necessarily enjoy it, but as like a puzzle and, and like a thought provoking in a different type of way, type of movie. I did enjoy it. So I am split half and half as well on this movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I was like, after the movie ended, I was like, dang, you know, if I wasn't as invested as I decided I was going to be from the start, if I was just an average moviegoer that wanted to be entertained, I would probably hate this movie. So I'm not surprised that a lot of people kind of have mixed reviews of it. And you definitely need to have your attention focused the entire time on this movie. Some people like to Mm -hmm. kind of just casually watch movies and they're like, you know i just like it because it feels nice just sitting down and watching something you know casual but with this if you're not paying attention then you're just gonna hate it because i can only imagine for sure like if i was just like half listening or i was on my phone occasionally while this movie was happening i would have i would have missed so much
0: (laughs) i mean yeah you like keep your eyes off the screen for like i don't know Four or five seconds, and you check out, and then something's happening. You're like, wait, where did that come from?
1: Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> wait, who's that person? Yeah. And it, it doesn't even help, too, that everything happens so fast. And props to Nolan for trying to put so much into this movie. He really overdid himself. Mm. Like, uh, this is probably his most incredible production of a movie. I mean, Interstellar maybe was more incredible in like a wow type of sense, but this was incredible as in like a wow, how did he fit so much into this movie? This must have taken a lot of thought and a lot of planning. And I'm pretty sure this movie took the longest for him to plan. I think he wanted to do this movie like years in the past and just couldn't really mm. put the whole thing together until now. So, and that really shows.
0: Yeah. I mean, they also just a lot of cool like visual effects and all these different things that they were doing, especially like at the, uh, the very end scene where they're, you know, they got the red and blue team or whatever. And they're like, Doing all this backward-forward stuff, right? Oh yeah. And then they they had all the actors like, um, like act things backwards, like they were running backwards, and then they would like film it forward. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they would like record them running backwards, like in real time, and then they would like for like do it, and or he would like um change it to reverse, so it makes it look like they're going forward.
2: Hmm.
0: The same thing with like some like the punches stuff. So there's just like really cool things that they he was like trying to do in the movie to like show this like inversion of time or whatever
1: yeah and it was revolutionary in my opinion that's why even though i mean let's let's look at this on a plot standpoint the plot was relatively simple right i think i basically understood the entire plot just we're talking just plot you know Mm -hmm. at first i was like okay i i understand this it didn't take much bad
0: guy bad guy from the future trying to blow up something (laughs) he's mad about whatever and then you have to stop the bomb from going off exactly like Like if you you really
1: boil it down it's kind of a typical plot it's almost like a bond movie uh, yeah. But the technicality of it is where you kind of get
2: bogged down. Mm-hmm. Um, Sador. that guy. Um, so the
0: algorithm is a bomb, right? Or like, because, okay, so the very end of the movie, they're getting the bomb to go off to trick Sador
2: mm-hmm. into thinking that his plan worked when it really didn't, right? Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the 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 whole ending that I still have trouble like understanding all of it. I'll have to at some point I'm gonna have to rewatch this movie. And before I do, I need to watch some YouTube videos of people kind of analyzing it first. But yeah. So basically, the the device was like nine components sent from people in the future that inverted the device back so that someone could set it off in our present time. In order to invert time from the present time to reset global warming, so that in the future global warming wouldn't be a problem, that was essentially why the device existed. Okay. So Seder had the device because he was he was in Russia and he was like digging through some nuclear waste. And they the people who intercepted this, this device they didn't want it to be set off, so they hid it in like these really terrible locations radioactive locations
0: oh yeah and And that's why he was dying
1: right and and he happened to find the device and you know he he took it and then he decided this was his mission to assemble all the pieces and yes that was why he was dying because of the radiation that he was exposed to when he was digging for it uh but anyway since he was going to die anyway he was he wanted to set the device off and invert the world because he was like in my eyes if i can't have the world no one can. And mm-hmm. so that was the whole thing happening at the end of the movie, which is in the timeline in the middle of the movie, <laughs> which is kind of confusing. But yeah, and the whole Pencer move, which is really cool. I think in my opinion, that was like the highlight of the movie, seeing like the team going in through forward time and also the inverted team like coming back because their mission was done.
2: <laughs> That's, yeah.
1: It's weird to think about. Like as the forward moving team was going in to like start their mission, the inverted team, they were seeing them come back from the mission because they had already finished their part. Because as the forward team was going through the mission, the inverted team had already, they had done parts of their mission, right? So there was a time Mm. where like, I guess it was a 10 minute mission where at five minute mark between the two, they were actually on the same clock. But from then the timelines diverged again. It's it's weird and interesting to think about, and I like how the scenes kind of intertwined and you saw, like, you know, gunshots going off in inverted and then gunshots going off in forward time. You saw, like, that building scene where, like, both teams blew up a building whenever they yeah. both, like, synced up. Crazy mm-hmm. good. But, yeah, the whole ending scene is to stop Sater from setting off his device. And the whole caving in of the the cave thing, I wasn't entirely sure about that. I think you have a better handle on that than I do, because... To me, I was like, when I was first watching, I was like, why does this have to be in this location? Why are they doing this in a cave? This doesn't make any sense to me. And I still am kind of on that page because the video I watched explained it a bit, but I don't really understand the significance of it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's still a little fuzzy for me. But one one point while we're still on the topic at the end of the movie that I wanted to make was. So if this movie operates on the principle that everything that happens has already happened and always was going to happen then wouldn't Seder already know his plan was going to fail? This is like kind of a plot hole in the movie, right? Because if his plan had succeeded, then they would have seen the effects of his plan succeeding and time would have been inverted. But on the other hand, what if like inverting time at that moment in time makes it so that everything that happened doesn't always, you know, has not always, always happened, if that makes any sense. Mm So it kind of like breaks their own rule, the fact that Seder even had hope that his plan was going to work. Because in their like laws of things always happening, if something hasn't happened, why would he be hopeful for it actually happening? If that makes any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really know because I feel like. They were trying to kind of explain it like, oh, we got to pretend like this actually works in his favor. Like the bomb has to go off and we have to like trick him into thinking that at the very end of his timeline that he succeeds. You know, we had to put him in a position where he thinks that it's actually going to work out the way he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but that's so loose. It's like, OK, like I'm sure that he, he, he would he would have had ways to know that it didn't work in his favor. Right. Yeah. Or that he would die like like he would have to have known
1: and that's that's my whole point like if 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 his plan never went successfully which it never did everything would have mm-hmm. happened as it happened and guess what throughout the movie everything did happen as it happened there weren't any like crazy everything is inverted like world ending things that happened in the movie and he was already in the future witnessing what would have in his plan happened in the past so if it didn't happen in the future how would it ever happen but if it did happen then how could anybody even exist in the future? (laughs) You know, that was just one thing I couldn't really wrap my head around. And Neil does talk about this. This is a point I want to talk about as well. This is the grandfather paradox. And I think this is almost Nolan acknowledging that some parts of the movie are a bit, you know, kind of out there. Even Mm -hmm. the fact that, uh, the people in the future sent back the device so that people could invert time to stop global warming in the past to save the future. He, he, that's when he brings up the grandfather paradox. He was like, if you go back in time, and kill your grandfather like when he was young how would you ever exist you know it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. but the fact that you can do it, uh, it it's like with this movie and its rules those th- kind of things don't make sense and he acknowledged that and he said that the people from the future were so desperate to solve their global warming problem they were going to take a risk you know on a, on a, like on they're on the edge and we're like okay maybe this will work maybe this will solve our problems and at the very least our world is already at, at its end like it's going to be destroyed anyway so we have to try something Right. But that, that whole concept was like kind of sketched to me, you know, but whenever you deal with time travel, there's always something confusing and always like some rule that is like an oxy, not an oxymoron, a paradox that happens. Yeah. So.
0: And at that point you get into like branching timelines, right? Yeah. Like, cause like that's for the, cause then if it's like, if it like the grandfather paradox, you would have to say like you're like on a sink, like a, the timeline is a single line, you know, like in low key, it's the freaking. Whatever the sacred timeline, timeline right? yeah. The sacred timeline. But if you go back, you're like, you're, you're rocking on your timeline, but then you build a time machine in that timeline. You go back in time to kill your grandfather. Your grandfather's dead in this new branching timeline, but you're existing on what you were on. But now this grandfather from this different point you know if we're talking low-key now we got a variant right you got a variant grandpa who just died and a variant you who's leaving your timeline
2: right
1: and then you will never exist in the new timeline that you just branched so yes. explaining it like that easy makes sense but that's not how this movie works right because it's inverted <clears throat> there's not mm-hmm. actual time travel you're just inverted through existing time and that yeah, was another exactly. thing that was like hard for me to wrap my head around as well because. You can understand the whole thing and think of it just as like, oh, it's time travel, but it's really not a different copies of yourself can exist within your same timeline at the same time. And uh, the video I watched was like, at some point, Neil probably had six copies of himself in existence at one point in time. Oh yeah. So with That's this, <laughs> like how could you ever have branching timelines? It's always one timeline since you're moving inverted through the same timeline. That's why mm-hmm. this was such a big paradox in this movie to me. Cause And especially with Seder trying to make his plan happen if his plan did happen that would create a branching timeline and maybe that was nolan's point like the whenever the device went off maybe it was such a cataclysmic event with everything being inverted that it would cause a branching timeline i'm not sure that's another question that you know we'd have to ask and think about but yeah uh when me and Kalen were trying to logic all this out we did bring like the avengers endgame into the conversation because Avengers Endgame has kind of a, the same philosophy about like a, a single timeline. And it's like the sacred timeline, obviously, because that's discussed in Loki. But with them, it was like, things that happened in the past, if you go back and change something, it, it didn't happen like that in the past. Like Whenever they go back in time and Captain America fights himself, he didn't actually do that back in the first Avengers movie. And he has no memory of doing that. But whenever they did that, they inserted that new thing into the timeline but then from there the same timeline continued as if nothing had changed they just like inserted a new piece but then after the new piece was inserted and they went back to the future the timeline continued as normal that was their way of Mm -hmm. doing like one single timeline in this movie though it's like if something happened in the past it did happen in the past but they make steps and precautions as to not like encounter yourself so you wouldn't have any memory of it happening in the past that was like one of their number one rules and it's good that Nolan put that in because if he didn't put that in, this movie would make no, no sense at all. <laughs> so I don't, I don't yeah. even know if what I'm saying is making sense. I hope it is, but it's, it's very confusing. Just that aspect I'm, of it.
0: I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, then it wouldn't make any sense. No,
1: it'd make no sense at um, all. It sounds yeah, like I'm talking yeah. nonsense, but, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like the, the scene where the protagonist goes into the, the airport for the first time. And then that guy come like those guys with the masks come in. Mm-hmm. Right and they start like fighting the protagonist. He's like shooting the gun or he sees like those gunshots in the, um, uh, in that, the walkway for like the time travel thing mm-hmm. or the inversion thing. And the guy, it, the guy in the mask is inverted and he's going forward. Right. But then later you come to find that it's actually the protagonist, you know, protecting himself, essentially shooting the the bullets into the wall. So the protagonist can't use his gun against him later or whatever, like right. he's doing all these things. Yeah. Um, and they're really just trying to get uh, what cat back from. They're trying. To, well, I forgot what they're trying to do in there. Yeah, the, the, they're part. trying to get cat
1: and- because cat in the f- future cat. So this is this is interesting. The the movie goes through chronologically <clears throat> until the point where cat gets stabbed by Seder. and that's when the protagonist is like, "Oh my god, we got to save cat." Because I guess he's emotionally invested at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't really do the relationship with her and the protagonist very well, in my opinion. That's another critique I had. But anyway. He feels so strongly for cat he's like i gotta save her and then neil and then the other guy are like well you can save her if you move her through inverted time because the, the further you go back into the past it'll be like her wound never happened and she'll heal which was an interesting little thing they threw in but yeah they, they were doing that to save cat and it's cool that you mentioned that scene that's a great example of like how things had always happened the before he even fights himself the protagonist walks through and he sees the gunshots in the wall because they had happened. They were always going to happen. And mm-hmm. to make sure that they did always happen, that's why tenant's number one rule is never interfere with yourself or like let yourself know what's going to happen in the future. That's why Neil never told the protagonist anything about himself, never revealed his identity, because he needed to ensure the protagonist took all the actions necessary to found Tenet in the future. Mm-hmm. So, it's Yeah. You know, that, that basically explains why. But that, that's a great visual example, him seeing the bullets of showing that what had happened always was
2: going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, what if you do tell your future self about, like, you see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: like, that, that's that, that, that's like, confusing. The question breaks the movie. Because if yeah, you, like, if you I did, mean, like, like, it would cause a branching timeline 100%. How mm-hmm. else could you explain it? And then Nolan's exactly. whole movie would be broken because it, branching timelines don't exist in his <laughs> definition of quote unquote time travel, which is actual time inversion, which is why you could never consider this movie like a terrible movie. In my opinion, he has invented like this new concept of time travel. T- to my knowledge, no one else has ever used time inversion before. Yeah, you're right. You're
0: completely right. Yeah. hmm.
1: And Obviously, like this is him setting the groundwork of how this thing works. It's it's not going to be perfect. Maybe someone, you know, in the future will use this concept again, and people can like expand upon it, which would be awesome. Uh, but there are certain, and I think we're we're posing the questions like that. Other people probably are also asking, you know, what if you talk to yourself? That would have to cause a branching timeline. Wait, branching timelines mm-hmm. don't exist. You know, in time inversion, that doesn't make any sense. You know, <laughs> so I don't know. I got no answers yeah. for that.
0: But I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be like you said, like the way he does time travel is like revolutionary in your opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty awesome the way that it is. And you're right about, you know, there's going to be more creative minds that are out there. Like who may reuse this type of time travel, like the time inversion or whatever. And they're going to have this, they're going to make up questions or make up answers for these crazy questions that we have, you know? And I think that's gonna be really cool. Once that kind of happens, if that happens, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. needs to do it. Someone smarter than us need to needs to write a story that, is coherent. It makes sense, you know, oh, yeah. this is close. This is like, this movie is close. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not a bad movie, you know, it's, it's just hard to, hard to get. And that's, that's what, that's what kind of like, kind of sinks it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like still pretty cool. The concepts, the way it goes, the, the plot, the story, like it makes sense, but it's like, it needs, you needs all this
1: extra help. For sure. Yeah. You can almost look at this movie as like a scientific work, <laughs> a work of art mm-hmm. and a scientific work. And the problem was no one was trying to make a work of art, trying to, like, make this grand fictional scientific statement, but also trying to make a movie with plot at the same time. And yeah. it, it's hard to balance all of that. So obviously there's going to be flaws. So at the very end, you know, my full opinion of the movie, I liked it. I think it was I think it was good as a thought provoking piece of work Yeah. <laughs> as a movie. I don't know what I want to watch it like multiple times and just be like, wow, this is a great movie. I'm enjoying this. Not really, but if I ever wanted to like piece through something or maybe pick up on details of this puzzle of a movie, you know, I would give it another watch.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: same for me. But I like, but like with a movie like this, it's like, I mean, I'd much rather just like go on the internet and read an article about exactly. it or watch a YouTube you know, like, just, I just want somebody to just tell it to me, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for like something like this, like just to sit around and think about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and to each their own like, i think there's some people exactly, out there yeah. that that really love to just sit around and, and like you said you know sometimes it is nice you just sit and you're like hmm you know let me piece through this maybe you watched it with someone like a friend or a significant other and you just want to like talk about it with them kayla and i spent yeah, like sure. 30 minutes talking about it at the end and i was happy that you know a movie provoked that much thought uh but yeah uh, i'm with you there though do I really want to watch this movie like five times? It's a long movie. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Whenever there's plenty of people that already have done the work for me, that would explain it to me <laughs> and all the big exactly, details yeah. that I really am asking questions about. They would explain. So,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe Zach will, we'll have a time where we just sit and watch it.
1: <laughs> I think we should. I I mean, have you, have you seen it a second time?
0: I haven't. I'm only like from what i what I'm doing is from my memory and like a couple more videos, you know, mm-hmm. reviews that I watched, but yeah, I haven't seen it since um, last summer.
1: Yeah, it came out. It's been a while for, for you, for sure, for such a complex movie. And I have the benefit mm-hmm. of having only seen it a month ago, but since we've only both seen it once, I think we should just sit down and watch it a second time. I think it at least deserves a, a second watch at the very mm-hmm. least. I
0: mean, but I feel like it's going to enhance the experience almost, you know, like I already know a bunch of like different like things. I'm, now I'm looking out for stuff. Exactly. So, like, things that I missed, you know, like really, really missed Watching it again for the second time, like a whole year later, I feel like it's gonna be be a little bit different, you know. And I maybe I should have done that before we started talking about it. Maybe I have, I have a different perspective. But um, I think for now, like thinking about it, I'll I'll, I'll probably enjoy it in a, in a different way.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Uh, with with like all the little things behind us, we can just focus on the nitty gritty, right? All the little details, mm-hmm. and we'll definitely get a lot more out of it. I think.
0: Yeah. All right, Zach. I think that's a good place to end. What do you think about that?
1: Yep, I think so.
0: All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, We'll be uh, talking about something next week, something cool, something exciting. Uh, But
2: until then, Zach, I'll see you next time. Sounds good. See ya. See ya.